making new friends. I mean, I have friends. I just think I outgrown them. Bobby's cool, but Bobby eats crayons. We're about to be five. You can't walk around with tickly pink in your teeth. You gotta do better. I used to like Amanda until she said my hair looks crazy. These locks look better than your soul, Amanda. So I met this dude that's part Jared. Our mommy told us to stay in the sitting area. I like Star Wars. He likes Star Wars. Cool. This is my new bro. Then boom. The foolishness. He went to the grass area. I'm like, oh, you rebel, huh, Jared? I'm not about that lie. My mama don't play that. Kairos, it's so good to be with you. My name is Danny Householder. Uh, I'm the pastor here at Hope Ames. I also get to be a part of Kairos, and that is such a joy. Uh, not just with you who are in the room here, but also with our friends who are in Iowa City. Welcome to you. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and turn around and look at that camera and say, what's up, Iowa City, on the count of three. One, two, three. We know you beat us in the football game. Yay. Whatever. I don't know. Insecure people need trophies, but... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Like, we are, like, tonight we're talking about being friends. So I'm off to a great start, aren't I? Oh, man. Wow. It's good to be with you all. Hi to our friends in the balcony. Hi to our friends on the floor. Oh, my goodness. We're already on week four of Kairos. I can't hardly believe it. Uh, we're starting the series this year. Or we're starting the school year this year with the series called Best Year Ever. And tonight we are talking about having friends. When we're talking about the best year ever, we're not talking about the perfect year ever, but we are talking about a fulfilled and purposeful life. And part of having a fulfilled and purposeful life, according to the Bible, is that you would have friends. And not friends that just pass by, but friends that truly would last forever. And I mean forever. Making friends can be really hard. You heard about it from the little boy in the video. He has a hard time making friends. A lot of us have a hard time making friends. There's a study that followed the life patterns of 2,000 people, and they found that on average, the typical person will make 29 friends in their entire life. 29! Crazy, right? Now, not all of those last. Five of those friends will leave within the first five years because of disagreements. Later on, eight will leave your life because of life changes. Ten of those friends will just fade away. That will leave you with six friends. On average, two of those friends will live within driving distance, and typically you can have schedules line up two to three times per year for quality time. Man, we are lacking connection. We're looking for connection. When we're talking about the best year ever, the best life ever, we're talking about a connected life. But a lot of us are struggling to feel that connection. We're struggling to have relationships in our life that last for a while. And even the people who are in our life, we're having a hard time getting with them, connecting with them, being with them in person. Did you know that God wants you to have friends? That God wants you to have meaningful relationships in your life. In fact, all of Christianity comes down to relationships. In the book of Matthew, somebody's asking Jesus, what's the most important law? Paraphrase, what they're asking Jesus is, what does, what's the telltale sign of somebody who follows God? So what's the laws that they follow? And Jesus said, well, here's the most important law. You must love the Lord your God. And we think, okay, well, that makes sense, of course. Love the Lord your God. Be in good relationship with God. Okay, that makes sense. But then he surprises us and says, a second commandment is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God, love others. 
every single thing in Christianity boils down to this. Love God by loving other people. Everything in the Christian faith comes back to relationships, comes back to healthy connections. But that is something that we are really struggling to get, isn't it? I find it interesting that we're living in a world where people are around each other so often, but they're not necessarily connected. Boston University came out with a study where they found that more college students than ever across campuses in the country are more connected in term, and with, regards to, with regards to campus involvement these days. More than ever, more students on college campuses are involved in something. In other words, they're around people more than ever. But two-thirds of college students report and say that they are struggling with loneliness or isolation. Those numbers don't add up. What they're saying is, more than ever, we're around each other, but more than ever, we're feeling disconnected. We're feeling lonely. Like we don't have real, meaningful friendship. After living in Ames for several years, I'm noticing something. It's that most college students have a social life. Like they have things to do, right? I'm not just talking about things to do on the weekends, but it's clubs and activities to get involved in. They have things to do, people to see, a good social life. But I think that we're finding is that a social life does not necessarily save you from loneliness. We're around each other, but we're not connected with one another. When I think about it, I think about it like this. Anybody else here a chocolate milk fan? Come on, some of you. Yes, absolutely. I love chocolate milk. So chocolate milk is my favorite drink. I think that I drink, uh, oh, so I heard somebody like upset that I stir my own. I don't bother with the pre-made chocolate milk, okay? I have found the perfect ratio of milk to chocolate, and I'm about to show you, ready? Okay, so I've got my milk, right? First thing that you need for chocolate milk. So I got it right here, perfect. You don't want to fill to the top because you have to save room for the chocolate, okay? Don't put the chocolate in first, are you kidding me? All right, these things matter. Ask my wife. I don't let her make it for me, I have to make it myself. She's the best. I, can you believe she puts up with me? Oh my goodness. And then you add the chocolate syrup. Oh, you think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Mm, yep, there it is. Oh, you are so quick to judge. <laughs> I am healthy. I eat sugar-free chocolate. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> but take a look at this cup, right? I've got chocolate and I've got milk. What I don't have is chocolate milk. I know. I got chocolate and I got milk, but I don't have chocolate milk. There's a difference between chocolate and milk and chocolate milk. So it is with our life. Just because the milk and the chocolate end up in the same place does not mean that their lives are stirred together, that they become connected. And I think that we're seeing that on college campuses these days. We're showing up in the same places, but there is a difference between you and me and us. You and me means we're bumping shoulders. You and me means we're going to pass each other by. You and me means we might even tag each other in posts on Instagram. But us means that we're united. Us means that we're connected. Us means that we have a relationship. Us means that we're together. And we're struggling with that these days. We're showing up in the same places, but we're not connecting. We're not making friendship. We live in a world that is very, very high-tech, right? You can technologically connect with anything anywhere in the world. But more and more, people are screaming out for high-touch. It's a high-tech world, but we're lacking high-touch. 
or high-tech people who are yearning for touch, for our lives to stir together. You know, it's kind of cool. When we look at the history of the church, like, lives were connected together. Like, when we look at, like, the beginning of the church. Because I think that when you're hearing this sermon, you might know where I'm going, right? Like, I'm going to say, like, oh, okay, so, like, I want you to have friends. I want you to have connection. I believe that you can find that in the church. And maybe you say, oh, well, what makes Kairos any different? What makes a Christian community, a church community any different? Why would it mean that just because I show up to that place, I'm actually connecting to people? Well, I want to show you by taking a look at the beginning of the church. I mean, the very beginning, all the way back, when people were connecting. The first day of the Christian church, we read about it in the book of Acts. Everybody say Acts. Acts. Acts is a book in the Bible, and it's in Acts chapter 2. On the very first day of the church, we read about their connection, about their growth. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So on the first day of church, you had 3,000 people showing up to the same place. Is that what made them connected? No. Is that what made them friends, that they just showed up in the same place? No. I've been reading studies for a long time now about what it is that's making people not want to show up to church anymore. Why people don't feel like it's worth their while to invest in Christian community. There's a pastor in Ohio who did this study on her own church, and what she found the most common answer for why people stopped being a part of her church community is she said that they didn't find that they had meaningful relationships in that space. There was nothing tying them to that church congregation. It was just like anywhere else. You show up, but you don't connect. I just want to tell you this. This is not supposed to be a place where you show up, but don't connect. This is supposed to be a place where our lives stir into one another. Back in the day, this wasn't the issue for the church. It wasn't, we're doing everything we can, just, I mean, please come hang out with us. Please, we've got all these programs. Please show up. You know, in those days, it was the opposite. They couldn't make enough room for people. And on the first day, there's this guy, Peter, who is a disciple of Jesus, and he preaches this sermon. And 3,000 people on the first day after hearing this sermon are like, oh my goodness, I need to connect with that. What was the sermon? I mean, how spectacular. But the truth is, there's nothing really particularly eloquent about Peter's sermon. He essentially could be summarized by saying, Christ died, Christ rose, and Christ will come come again. Jesus came to this earth. Jesus lived the perfect life. Jesus died. Jesus rose from the dead. He won a victory for all people. He's coming back to share that victory with all people for all time. And 3,000 people are like, I got to get in on that. It changed their life. And they couldn't help but be around one another. Not just showing up in the same places, but their lives were simply mixed together. Take a look at this. It says this as the passage continues. You heard this in the reading tonight. All the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. Now, Bible translators, sometimes they have a hard time these days because Hebrew and Greek, they don't uh, translate into English, modern English especially, word for word. So instead, oftentimes they have to go phrase by phrase so that it makes sense to us. Here's an example where they had to go phrase by phrase. Go back one screen. Uh, where they had to go phrase by phrase just so that it would make sense. Because when it says met together here, in the original Greek of the, of the biblical text, it doesn't say met together. It just says they were together. They were together where? They were together when? Well, no, that's the thing. They just were. They just were together. Like, they lifed together. 
Their lives were so intertwined and connected, they could not be separated. Everything about them, they shared absolutely everything they had. All of their life was mixed into the life of the person around them. They were connected. They had friendship, and they could not get away from one another. It was explosive. And people wanted to be a part of this. Just a couple of chapters later, it says that the church grew to 5,000 people. Another 5,000 people. It was incredible. Spreading like wildfire. What was it? Why was it? You know, again, in order for us to get from a place of the chocolate and the milk, and you and me, to a place of chocolate milk and us, there's got to be some stirring that takes place, right? We've got to actually life together. So if I want to make this, the chocolate and the milk have to actually stir into one another, right? And now it's chocolate milk. And I got some of my white shirt. That's good. And I tell mm. man, the Lord is good to me. Thank you, God, for giving me the gift of making the best chocolate milk in the world. <laughs> and so it is with us. Like, if we want to connect, I mean, really connect, not in the kind of way where we're just bumping shoulders. We've got to stir our lives into one another. For you and me to become us, you've got to stir your life into mine. And I've got to stir my life into yours. And that makes us feel really uncomfortable, doesn't it? I think part of the reason why maybe we have a hard time making friends is because we don't necessarily like having friends. Because friends can be kind of high maintenance. Anybody here, like don't buy a show of hands, but does anybody here have a high maintenance friend? Is anybody here a high maintenance friend? <laughs> having a friend in your life does not mean that everything's going to always be easy. Oh, I, some of you guys are looking at the person around you like, mm-hmm. Some of you came here with a significant other, and you're breaking up tonight. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Oh, man. You're sweating, aren't you? Okay. Just because you have a friend does not mean that that person's place in your life is always going to make your life better. If your friend is crying, for them to feel better, you may have to feel worse for a moment. Your shoulder will get wet with their tears. Your ears will be filled with their words that have caused them pain, their stories that have broken them in the moment. Oh, but there's something beautiful about being connected. There's something beautiful about not pre-screening someone before they can come into our life and say, am I going to connect with you? This is what made it so crazy, right? You take a look at that chocolate milk. You can't tell. Like, you can't with the naked eye. You cannot see what is keeping that chocolate and that milk together. In the same way, in the early Christian church and in this community here, you can't see with your naked eye what it is that keeps us connected together. And yet there's something. What is that something? What is that thing that draws us closer together? What is the thing that sticks us? What is the thing that eternally stirs our lives into one another? Well, it's Jesus. Back in those days, I mean, there were a lot of different philosophies. There were a lot of different religions that were floating around. Why didn't they stick like this one? You talk about the Jewish establishment back in those days, and what they would say is, if you want to convert to our religion, you will also have to convert to our culture. You'll have to speak like we do, sound like we do, talk like we do, eat like we do. You'll have to look like we do. All these different things. If you want to convert to our religion, you'll have to convert to our culture. And yet now there's something that's deeper than culture. On the other hand, there were also the Greeks and Romans, and they had their intellectual philosophies. And they said, if you want to be a part of my school, you need to be brilliant. You need to study. You need to be high class. 
But then for the first time in all of history, here comes Jesus. And here's what's unique about Jesus. Here's what's different about Jesus. Here's what connects Jesus and connects all people in Jesus. The uniqueness of Jesus is the universality of Jesus and that Jesus says, I welcome every single one of you. This is the message that early Christians had to tell people. This is actually from the book of Galatians chapter six. I apologize, I have the wrong verse there. It says, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one. You are stirred together in Christ. You are connected Because for the first time in all of history, you don't have to convert to a culture. You don't have to elevate your intellect. You don't have to have the same blood. You don't have to have the same ideas. You don't have to have the same philosophies. You don't have to have the same politics. You have to have the same Jesus. And Jesus is the one who says, I reach out to every single one of you and no one will be pre-screened to be connected to me. And if you are connected to me, you are connected with one another. This is the thing that sticks us together. This is how we go from being you and me to us, to we. I mean, no wonder this blew up. No wonder people of all races, people of all nations, people of all ethnicities, people of all backgrounds, people of all classes were showing up, male and female. It didn't matter. They wanted to be a part of this. No wonder. It shouldn't have been a surprise. What are the experiences in your life that you feel like I need to just do alone? I need to have that time by myself. Now, I want to tell you this, like there are moments in your life that you probably should spend alone. It is important to have alone time with God. It's important to have time to yourself. But then there are places where we should not be surprised when people show up. Um, A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were in Dyersville, Iowa. Uh, You may know this, Dyersville is the town where the Field of Dreams is located. The Field of Dreams is a movie that was filmed 30 years ago, and then there was a big baseball game that was played there about a month ago. Um, and it was insanely popular. More people watched this regular Major League Baseball season game than anybody had in 16 years. I mean, crazy, wildly popular. And my wife and I happened to be out there a couple of weeks ago um, because I was officiating a wedding for a childhood friend. We were at the rehearsal dinner Friday night. The wedding was Saturday, so we stayed in a hotel on Friday night. And I went out for a run. I, I waited till later in the night because it was super hot, super humid. And so in the middle of the night, I'm running through country roads in Iowa. Kind of weird, kind of creepy, I get it, but nonetheless, you know, you get your workout in, you get to recover with chocolate milk, so I was ready to go. I'm running on this country road outside of Dyersville, and I'm thinking to myself, I've got to be getting pretty close to the Field of Dreams. Sure enough, from a distance, I can see the light shining in the sky. It's the middle of the night, and the lights are actually on. By the time that I approach, I see this. Nobody is there. I'm watching, I mean, it's almost eerie. The picture doesn't quite grasp it because there was like this mist that was just hovering. I mean, maybe in my imagination, but there was this mist that was just hovering over the field. I'm like, it's just like the movie. Waiting for shoeless Joe Jackson to appear and be like, you built it like him. Um, And as I got closer, by the time I took this picture, I moved it. But as I got closer, I saw that there was a baseball bat, a wooden baseball bat sitting next to home plate. I'm like, I can't help myself. So I go up there, like sweaty as can be. I pick up the baseball bat, and I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) This is crazy. I never played baseball. Anyway, so I take a swing, and I'm like, I had to. I run the bases. I run first. I run second. I run third. I'm feeling like I'm 10 years old. I can't get enough of it. I go back up to the plate, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I swing again. I give myself a little applause from the crowd. (sighs) 
I'm running around like, this is amazing. You know, I'm pulling like all of my favorite replays from Major League Baseball throughout history. I get up for a third time and I'm like, this is incredible. This is amazing. Wow, this would be just so disappointing if other people were here. It's special because I'm having this moment alone. How many of us come to church or approach faith and think that it's an individual experience? Just between me and God. Like we just keep this in between us. I don't need to talk about my faith. I don't need to let others in on my faith. That's just a personal, private thing, part of my life. No. Don't be surprised when people show up into it. Don't just welcome them. Expect them. I get up to bat for like the third or fourth time, and this time I'm like announcing myself at the plate. I'm like, now up to bat, householder number two, householder. I'm like, oh, shut up. My hands are sweating so bad. I swing the bat as hard as I can. The bat actually flies out of my hands. That's why it's not in the picture. It goes flying. I'm running around the bases. I look out to the outfield to see how far I've knocked this imaginary ball. And I realize as I'm crossing second base that there are two men sitting in the cornfield watching me. <laughs> I'm like, how you doing? <laughs> Oh no, I thought I was by myself. I was like, I mean, immediately, like, shame just rushes over me. I don't know what to do. And so I, I, I just walk out toward them, like, what are you guys up to? <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, well, actually, you can uh, rent out the house overnight. So we're doing that. I look over in the window, there's like 10 people right there just waving at me. <laughs> and I say, like, oh, where do you go to middle school, Danny? You know, that's cute. You're playing baseball by yourself. I was embarrassed, but I'm not a quitter, so I go past third base, and as I look um, uh, to the right of third base, I see that there was a security team there watching me the whole time, too. I'm like, yay! Oh. Why was I surprised? Why was I surprised that people would show up to such a beautiful place with so many memories, with such history? I shouldn't have been surprised. I went back to the hotel that night, and um, I told my wife, I'm like, we got to go tomorrow. Like, we have to go. The next day, we go out there, and it's packed. Because, like, things like that are not meant to be experienced on your own. Like, do not believe that faith is supposed to be a lonely experience. Faith will bring you connected to God, and it will also bring you connection with the people around you. We can't help it. Just take a look at all of the different people who showed up um, for that early Christian church. In Acts chapter 2, this is before the passage tonight. These are the people who showed up that day. Here we are, Pathians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, and so on. They're showing up from everywhere. They can't stop. They have to be there. We should not be surprised that people want to be drawn to this, a place of real and authentic connection. So look around you. Don't be surprised. And don't be closed off. Understand that at the essence of Christianity, there is connection. There is relationship. There is real friendship. And there is something that can connect us, not together just for a month, not just for a few years, not just for a season of life, but for all of eternity. And this is incredible because this is where freedom in our life happens. 
Like, this is where freedom in our life happens because the weight is lifted off of us. All throughout scripture, it talks about how, like, do not let other people bear their burdens alone. The book of Galatians tells us, do not let your brother or sister bear their burdens alone. Instead, support them. And so this is what the early Christian church was doing on the next slide. It says that they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They just shared. How often is it in Christianity, you kind of get this message like, hey, you got to give more. Come on, you, you got to do more. What are you doing? You're just sitting there. Do something. Give something. Find something in your pockets and give it. Create something new and give it. That's not what faith in community looks like. That's not the best life ever that God has prepared for us and connects us in through Jesus Christ. Instead, it is not a life where we're creating things to give, but instead we are receiving the gifts that God has given us and we're sharing it with those around us. We get to share. Hear me clearly on this. Christianity is not about what you can create and give. But the life of Christianity is experienced in its fullness when you receive the love of God and it's not something you're creating on your own. But you are so full that you cannot help yourself. You're not big enough to hold on to it by yourself and naturally it flows out of you and is shared with the people around you. And this is something to praise God about. Like this is something to give God praise for. This is something that you cannot keep to yourself. I mean like audibly shouting out, God, this is incredible, so that the world around you might hear. It says this also in the passage that all the time, all the while that they were doing this, they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. They were praising God. Again, sometimes people say like, my, my faith is a personal thing. I don't need to talk about it with the people around me. Like that's not something that I do. Yes, it is. In order to really enjoy something, you talk about it, don't you? I got done at the uh, baseball field, I came back, and I had to tell my wife about it. And then we showed up the next day, and it's a packed place because somebody had told them. Think about like when you hear a song that's like your favorite song, an artist, your favorite artist, and you tell people, I have to tell you about this. I have to tell you. I mean, this song will change your life. This artist will change the way that you see everything. God will actually do that. God's love will actually change a person's life, will change their eternity, will change their community. It's only natural when you see what God has put in your life to talk about it. To enjoy God is to praise God, to share God. I cannot enjoy something without acknowledging its incredible beauty. Someday, when you fall in love, maybe you've already fallen in love, right? You'll want to tell that person, I love you. And there's something beautiful that happens then, right? You're no longer these two separate things. You're no longer you and me. All of a sudden, it becomes an us. It becomes a we. And everything you have is an hour. It was several years ago, yesterday, that I told my wife for the first time, I love you. I know, she has no clue, does she? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna like write her a note this morning and tell her, and the reason why yesterday might not be super meaningful to her is because uh, she said I love you back, but it took a month. Um, <laughs> that's a true story. But when you, when you, when you know, <laughs> careful, that's bad. <laughs> Sometimes when you think you know, you don't know. <laughs> 
But with Abby, I, I knew. I had to tell her, right? I remember everything about it. We're sitting in a Bebop's parking lot, and I'm drinking a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had some French fries, and we're just enjoying it. And like, <laughs> do I do it? And then my favorite song came on. I'm like, this is perfect. It was Sweet by Dave Matthews. Oh, you're, maybe you're a little young, so I don't know. Um, I, there's an age gap. I sometimes forget about that. Um, and it's just like this little ukulele comes on. And I'm like, oh, this, this, this is my song. <laughs> this is my song, and, and this is my woman. <laughs> no, no it's, it's not like that. It's, uh, it's, it is not like that. But I'm looking over at her, and I'm like, I... I I, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, but I have to. I have to tell her. I have to tell her. I can't stop. And before I know it, I'm saying, I'm in love with you! <laughs> Something like that. And she's like, oh, what? <laughs> and you know what's cool? Like, again, maybe it took like a month for her to feel it too. But like in that moment, at least for me, it was no longer you and me, like it, it, was, it was us. And that song was no longer my song, it was our song. And I, oh, I hate it when people say, this is our song, but I, like, I can't help it, it's our song. <laughs> Every time it comes on, we look at each other like, you know what this song is? I'm like, she's like, yeah, it's the time when you told me you loved me. I said, yeah, it's the time that you rejected me. And, <laughs> yeah. But we made it through and yeah. Uh, you have no idea how much I love that woman. Um, it, it wasn't you and me, it, it was us. It was our. So it wasn't a matter of like, I, oh, what do I have to give? It was, I got so much to share. I want you to have friends forever. I'm not saying that you have to have a romantic relationship in your life to feel that kind of fullness. You don't. God's given you everything you need to feel eternal and infinite love to the fullest and to share with the world around you. Let's talk about what does that look like? Friends forever. The first is you get to enjoy God. By enjoying God, you praise God. You cannot help but profess your love for God. You welcome and you serve all. There is no pre-screening because there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no, there is no male nor female. There is no slave, no free. All are welcome. Every single person. We welcome all and we serve all. And then we just get a share. How many times are like we kind of like reevaluating our friendships? Like, how much have you given me lately? Maybe how many times do you feel like you have to give more just to still be approvable in somebody else's life? In the community of Christ, it's about sharing. It's not just digging through your pockets. Oh, what can I find? It's overflowing from your soul. And people are going to show up to that. It says this at the end of the passage in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. On the next slide, it says, Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. They couldn't stop it. It just kept growing. The fellowship kept growing. Now, fellowship is kind of an older word that maybe we don't use very often anymore. Um, when was the last time that somebody said, Hey, let's hang out so we can have fellowship? You don't say that, right? But fellowship is this deep and beautiful word. It goes beyond um, acquaintance. It goes beyond company. 
It goes beyond shared interests, but it, it literally means communion. The word for it is koinonia. Everybody say koinonia. And the word is it's communion. Maybe you've heard of the word communion before. Communion is a practice that we have in the church that Jesus ordained, that Jesus instituted once upon a time. Communion is uh, when Christian believers get together and they share bread and they share wine and or grape juice, depending on the demographic, I suppose. And they share together. It's communion. It's coming together. It's community. But it's not just community with the person in front of you. Because if it's just community between the person in front of me and myself, like, okay, we can maybe find things to talk about for a little while. But there is something that unites us and binds us together that doesn't just last for a little while. It lasts forever. The first time that anybody ever had communion, this kind of communion, Jesus was sitting with his disciples and he was about to be betrayed. He's about to be arrested, handed over to authorities, put on trial. And as an innocent, not just man, but God of the universe, he would be executed, ripped away. They tried to disconnect him. But before that, Jesus had a meal with his friends. He shared with them. What would you do if you knew it was the last night of your life? Jesus said, I got to be with my friends because my life wasn't meant to be a solo pursuit. My life is to be stirred into the lives of the people around me and their lives are to be stirred in mine. And so on that night, Jesus took a piece of bread. He said, I want to show you what I'm doing. I said, so this bread, he said, it's my body and it's broken for you. Now, when you eat this bread, I want you to do it in remembrance of me. And then in the same way, after supper, he took a cup full of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant. It's a new promise. It's my blood and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. And when you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. What Jesus is telling his disciples is, when you take in this bread and when you take in this wine, you are receiving me. I am stirring into you. You're going to life with me. And I'm going to life with you. It's not you and me, it's us. It's we. It's not your life, it's not my life, it's our life. Jesus said, let's have communion together. And so we're going to do that tonight in a different way than we had in the past because of the pandemic that we're living in. But before you come down tonight to receive communion, and I'll give you instructions on that in just a second. I want you to take the prayer card that you got when you walked in tonight. Because tonight, I don't want you to walk out of here and not experience community. I don't want you to walk out of here without experiencing friendship and support from community in Christ. So what you're gonna do, if you feel comfortable with it, please write a prayer request, something that's going on in your life, something that's bothering you, something that you're celebrating. Go ahead and write that down on that piece of paper. And then during the closing song, ushers are going to guide you down the aisles. You can drop off your prayer card in the box. And you can know that the prayer team from this community is praying over your request and over you. 
You are supported. You are cared for. You are loved. You are not alone. And then we'll have some servers offer you, uh, uh, it's like a little cup. It's got like a little wafer on the top. You can take that back to your seat. You can peel it back and you can eat the bread. You can know that that's the body of Christ given for you. And then the, blood, and then the, the grape juice you can drink, you know that's the blood of Christ shed for you. And in that moment, we're not just having community with one another. We are also having communion with the one who joins us together forever. And we are receiving Jesus who says, I'm going to stir into your life. And you're not going to be able to contain me. I'm going to pour out of you. I'm going to find opportunities for relationship and connection in your life. And you're not going to have to worry about what somebody could give to you because you have enough to share as it is. You have eternal and infinite love today. And so you got to share that love. Let's take like 20 seconds. If you still need time to write down a prayer request, go ahead and write that now. And at this very moment, prayer team, please be praying over those who are writing prayer requests. Before we take this communion, let's go ahead and pray together. This is a prayer that Jesus taught us. It'll be on the screen behind me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We don't have to rub shoulders anymore. We don't have to just bump into one another. You are connected because Jesus, the Son of God, has stirred himself into your life. Come forward and receive him. Amen. Let's stand up and sing this song as we uh, are guided toward the front by the ushers.